Good morning. Welcome to another episode of Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network. I'm Adam Wright, and I am very happy to be with you this morning on this Thursday, June 15th. We have a very full show today, so let's get to it. We, uh, Like I said, we got a lot to get to. Let's begin with prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. O Sacred Heart of Jesus, I place my trust in you. O Sacred Heart of Jesus, I believe in your love for me. And we dedicate all of of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today on the show is talking about families and fam- a family retreat that's coming up this fall, and uh, I'm looking forward to that conversation as well. But let's go now to Mike Roberts for Saint of the Day. Today is the feast day of Saint Germain Cousin. Born in 1579, Her mother died when she was young, and her father married a woman named Hortense who hated Germain. Germain had been born with a paralyzed right hand, which was also deformed. This perceived imperfection was the original source of Hortense's cruelty, but that cruelty multiplied with the years. Germain suffered constant physical and verbal abuse from her stepmother and her stepmother's children. Boiled water was poured on her legs. Ashes spread in her meager allotment of food, dirt poured into her clothing. Eventually, she was thrown out of the house and forced to live in the barn where she tended to the sheep and survived on scraps of food. But through all of this, Germaine was not only never bitter, she was forgiving. With no education, she longed for Jesus and found him every day at Mass. She would leave her sheep in the care of the Lord, and they were always protected and made her way to Mass, rain or shine. One day, a farmer was watching as Germaine crossed a flooded creek and saw the water in that creek part so she could pass. Stories of her holiness and love spread throughout the village, which made her stepmother hate Germaine even more. At one point, Hortense saw Germaine carrying something in her dress. In a fury, she ran out and attacked Germaine, accusing her of stealing bread she could give to the beggars. But when Germaine opened the dress, out poured beautiful flowers that could never have been found in the dead of winter. Germaine told her, the Lord wants you to have these as an offering of forgiveness. Because of neglect, Germaine struggled with her health all of her life and died at the age of just 22. But after her death, many miracles were attributed to her, and 10 years later, her body was discovered uncorrupt. St. Germaine Cousin, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. A wise teacher of mine once said, it is important for fathers to teach their sons how to hunt dinosaurs, not because dinosaurs exist, but because that is how boys learn how to grow into men. Our next guest is a father, and I wouldn't put it past him that he's gone hunting for dinosaurs with his boys. Greg Robeson was also my high school youth minister, and it's good to have you back with us on Roadmap to Heaven, this time not in an RV traversing the country. You're you're here in St. Louis with us. That's true. It's a homecoming for us. Good to be here. Adam. Yeah. It, well, it's good to have you. We're getting ready for Father's Day, Greg. So I, I want to ask you right off the get-go here, 
What has been one of the most important lessons about fatherhood you have learned in these past 15, 16, 17 years of parenting? Well, to bring it down to a microcosm, you know, we've been traveling full-time as a family for four years, and um, those are the lessons that come to mind first. Thinking back 15 years, a little tougher, but uh, in the last four years, uh, living in an RV, traveling around North America, things go wrong. You wouldn't think it, right? But things go wrong. You blow tires, awnings blow off on the highway in the middle of Kansas, and when things go wrong, that's a character test. Not just for you and your own sanctity, but uh, what you're handing on, the faces you make, the things you say. <laughs> your kids are watching, and um, those, those are moments that I've learned to treasure for my own growth, but also to look at the legacy of this faith that I'm handing on. This is one thing to, to talk about virtue. And to discuss it, I'm a homeschooling dad, right? So we've called it road schooling, but no matter what city we're in, we're teaching our kids at home. And whether it's religion or whatever the subject is, to discuss virtue is one thing. But if there's a difference in what I teach them and say with my mouth and the way I live, in particular when things go poorly, (laughs) um, they pick up on that. And they, they do as we do. The kids are authenticity testers. So it's in those moments we've got to learn to be lighthearted, to laugh at ourselves, and to have fun with them. You know, I remember specifically, this was the most recent mishap. It was awnings aren't supposed to extend doing 60 miles an hour on Highway 70 in the middle of Kansas, <laughs> but ours did. And uh, so I have it on film. It's on our, our YouTube channel, Swift Family Ropes and Expedition. But <laughs> we just... <laughs> People were honking at me, and you know that's not good when you're towing. (laughs) (laughs) And so we get out, and Emily, my oldest, um, she's 17. She's like, give me the camera, Dad. (laughs) (laughs) This is great. And I'm so frustrated. But, um, you know, I'm not not there burying it or jamming it down. I'm just like, okay, Lord, (laughs) teach me how to laugh at this and, you know, we're safe. This this is relatively dangerous here on the shoulder, but um, I I, I have no choice. So let's do this. Uh, let's do this joyfully. And it immediately turned into a roadside interview, and uh, that's not something I was capable of before before travel. You know, before this pilgrimage committed uh, to each other. So we haven't been hunting dinosaurs, but we've been hunting adventures where um, character is made. I think almost everyone listening right now would not condone muttering and shouting and, and colorful vocabulary, but they would also say if they saw someone in that position of uh, stranded on the side of the highway with awnings that have tried to take flight, so I could understand why that guy w- would go to that. But, you know, most of us, at least the guys I know, husbands and fathers that I run in circles with, we're all saying, how do I get to that part of parenthood where something really terrible can happen? And as you said, that the difference between the academic study of virtue mm-hmm. and everything the catechism teaches us about virtue, everything the saints teach us, but actually live virtue. So this is an area where you're, you're trying to, to say, all right, Holy Spirit, we've got some ideas on how to fill the gap. One of those 
is a retreat that's going to be happening this fall for families. And I would love to hear more about that. Yeah, sure. So my wife and I have done this crazy next adventure to host a a family retreat called Transcend. And it is October 27th through the 29th. And the registration has just opened this week. It's on the Epiphany of Our Lord website. So that's epiphanystl.org. And you can click on the family retreat um, drop down under parish events. This emerged out of leading some men's groups and networking with families through parish life. Great privilege. But through that, I could see, you know, there's a lot of needs being met. You have acts retreats or chirp or parish-based retreats. You have a life teen program, which is what I used to do, or uh, other initiatives for kids. But all these beautiful opportunities break the the family up. You can go to White House. You can go to a monastery and have a quiet retreat, but I didn't see anything local, kind of like Catholic Family Land, you know, for the whole family to be together, to have kind of like a vacation, but also a spiritual retreat and time of renewal to make a memory together rooted in the faith. So that's how this idea was born, was through these men's groups, just networking and talking to them about what the needs are. And Deanna and I were like, well, we could do this. We know a few priests and... and um, that's how it was born through through prayer and then just listening to the needs of of families. So it sounds crazy, doesn't it? It does. Now here here's what I'm going to propose here because for our radio listeners, we're we're coming up on a point that we're going to need to take a break. But what I'd like to do is get them the details about the retreat, who it's for, uh, what they can come to expect for the retreat. And then if you can stick around after the show, we'll continue the conversation on the podcast, and then we can really go a little bit deeper into all of this. So you've already said it's for families. Mm-hmm. Signups are through epiphanystl.org. You got it. Um, what, you know, so I sign my family up. What can I expect? You know, what, what are we talking cost? Where are we going? And, and what are most importantly, what are we going to do while we're there? Sure. So the... The who is all families who are interested in supporting each other, in transmitting the Catholic faith, in making sure that the faith that we're learning about and growing in, that as parents we do an awesome job handing that on, that we see it lived out, what I would call Catholic legacy. That's the goal, to empower each other. Uh, The where is the YMCA Trout Lodge in Potosi, The cost is nominal. People can camp if they want, which is kind of cool. There's campsites nearby if you're an RV person, and that's cool too. The how is basically the sacraments and silence. If I had to pick two things that were most important, it would be sacraments and quiet. A lot of retreats you go on um, these days is a lot of talking, but um, sometimes it can feel like it's like, what's next? (laughs) You know, it's, it's this really rigorous schedule and not enough time to be quiet and to hear God in your in your soul. So that's one of the the keys. So like there'll be um, the Eucharist every day, the Sacrament of Reconciliation, opportunities too for spiritual directions. Yeah, and maybe that's something a, a mom or dad or even a, a teenager has thought, I'd love to talk to someone every month or two about what's going on and just run it by them. You know? Yeah. 
Now the kids might be saying, well, hold on, am I going to get to play while I'm there? Yeah, I mean, you want to uh, go to this lodge in Potosi, yeah, but yeah. You, just to go be quiet? Yeah. Mom, Dad, I don't think I want to do that. <laughs> well, the Trout Lodge is awesome. It's got so many amenities for kids. And whether you stay on campus or choose to camp nearby, the Trout Lodge has agreed that everybody who does the background check gets a wristband and can use the facilities for the retreat. So just look up Trout Lodge online. Uh, way fun. Plenty of games and fun. The food is phenomenal. Uh, if people yeah. elect to do their food package, the, the lodging on site is, is uh, very good as well. So um, I'm excited. I know my kids are. They've yeah. seen, seen all the toys. We've stayed in a lot of places around the country. And Trout Lodge... It's so competitive. Robeson family approved. There, yeah. They know what they're talking about. <laughs> We're going to take a break here on Roadmap to Heaven. If you want to learn more about the retreat, again, you can go to epiphanystl.org or stick around and listen to the podcast version of the show because after the show, Greg and I are going to continue the conversation. In the meantime, stay tuned. All right. It has been a joy to have Greg Robeson with us on the show today. And this is what I love about having a podcast of the show is now we get to have uh, a little bit freer of a conversation because we're not coming up against the 57-minute clock that that stops for no one. You know, when 7.57 rolls around, the show ends, whether we're ready or not. Um, to give you a little background, you know, back, I used to be a punk teenager, which I know is really hard for our listeners to imagine. And a friend of mine said, hey, you want to go check out this youth mass at the neighboring parish? And there was this really crazy tall guy who said, hey, welcome, come on in. And, you know, we're going to, after mass, we're going to go downstairs and we're going to have this whole uh, youth group, they called it a life night, like, What's life night? I don't know, but the the band was pretty good, and the girls were really pretty, and I was a punk teenager, so that was enough That's to get me to needed, stick around. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Greg Robeson, um, you know, he didn't water down the faith. He uh, he taught us, and it was the beginning of a series of lifelong relationships that to this day I still have friends and and brothers and sisters in the faith uh, calling me to to holiness that I'm so grateful for. So it's really great to have you with us on the. Uh, on the podcast today, Greg, and uh, like I said, I was a punk kid. Greg could tell you stories here, but I don't know that we need to go into that. <laughs> How far back do we want to go, Adam? Oh. How much do your listeners want to laugh? That's the question. <laughs> we want them to stay our listeners. <laughs> That's right. We'll uh, avoid the scandal. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, I so I will say this. I looking back at my high school youth, I was immature, I was whiny. Um, and I, I, I was dealing with some things, and I was learning how to be a man in a culture that was really, I mean, that was a time when we were also really watering down what it means to be a man. And so now you and I are both fathers, and we both have sons, and, and we both have daughters that we want to see raised uh, not as, I, I hate to say as princesses because in the world it's a whole connotation, but they're daughters of the king, and so they are princesses mm-hmm. in, my, in my mind. And parenting is hard sometimes. So... On the show, we were talking about this retreat. How important is, you know, one of the big things of the retreat is it's bringing families together, Mm -hmm. like-minded families with the same goals. How important is that for us as we're trying to do this? Yeah, very. As dads, one of the first things we encounter is the devil coming after us, after our kids, and tempting them with secularity and, and busyness and sports and activities and go, 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 and very little... Uh, listening, very little focus on virtue. And the devil comes after us, too, as dads, to distract us from what really matters, which is handing on the faith to our kids so that they can have that life of joy now, today, while on earth, but also anticipating that fuller life in heaven. So 
as I get discouraged, it's great to have a brother like you, Adam, who is uh, in a different spot, but I can look to you and um, see what's working for you, see where you and Beth are thriving and be encouraged by that and, and maybe have a new thought and say, wow, I've never thought about that novena or that approach to parenting. And when I feel discouraged and under attack and, you know, like, I'm not sure, I'm not so sure I'm doing very well here with this parenting thing, I can get a inspiration from you and be be lifted up and get a, a small little injection of hope there to to keep to keep pushing. Nobody's got the corner on it, but we need each other. Yeah. One of the other things I love, I mean it's not just learning from each other. And and sometimes that's just observational. Like we play cards, Greg and I, and uh, I go over to your house and I see how you interact with D. I see how you interact with your kids and I'm like, oh that I'm, I'm going to do that at home. You know, I, I love the way he phrased that to his kids. Other times it's very direct, like, hey, brother, I'm dealing with this, and I have never encountered this before. And uh, I, I know some of the other dads that we we play cards with, the the card game is almost secondary. It's about the, oh, I'm glad we're getting together because I got a question, and I would appreciate their, uh, mm-hmm. their console. Um, but the other thing I love is that when you have these like-minded families, I mean, I think all of our kids at a certain point, they're going to make a mistake of ignorance, that they're going to do something they shouldn't do. They didn't know they shouldn't do it. And what happens next is so important. You know, are they going to be surrounded by friends that are like, oh, you just did that. That was hilarious. You should do that again, even though we're all going to get in trouble for it. Or are they going to be around kids that are going to say, hey, yo, uh, not cool. We don't do that here. You know, mm-hmm. And I, I love that uh, that intentional community aspect of saying, I want my kids to be surrounded by other kids that are going to, you know, they may not have all the answers, but they're at least going to call my kids to holiness. And then hopefully my kids are going to do that for someone else's kids. Right. Yeah. And regarding this family retreat last weekend in October, you know, you bring up modeling and authenticity and uh, we, we, we need each other for sure. But this family retreat, a microcosm of parish life is an opportunity for us just to be real. We're not there to put on a show or to act like we're somewhere we're not. We're there to be authentic, to be where we're at, and to know that other families need us. They need, we need each other. And to know that may, maybe there's something from my family life that encountering that another family can benefit or, or vice versa. And that community, that role modeling like there'll be some some authentic and real opportunities for for role modeling. People can walk away from this retreat with real, specific, pragmatic techniques, thoughts, ideas. Just like you left the card game, right? You just talked about leaving the card game and going, "Huh, I, I, I would, I want to do that in my family life." I think there'll be a, a lot of that uh, on a larger a larger scale, where people will come off the retreat and say, I can do this Catholic thing. I now better see how my I'm going to hand this Catholic faith on to my kids. This is more concrete for me because that's sometimes in family life, that's vague. We learn it, the principles, the catechesis, maybe a little bit of formation, but the real pragmatics of how am I going to help empower my children to own their faith and to go deep so that 5, 10, 15 years from now, I can look back and go, wow, God, you did a great job there through, through my parenting. Thank you. That's what we're after, that kind of success, that kind of win. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's absolutely 
Beautiful. What is, or w- would you say it's fair to say that it, as you've done the road schooling thing, you know, part of that, it, it, it's almost as if the the whole we get to see the country, we get to see these amazing places, the beauty of God's creation, historic sites, fun things. Two, that was almost like a secondary benefit of the road schooling. The the primary impetus and the primary benefit was it forced you to really, I mean, radically tune out the world and focus on mm-hmm. being a, the Robeson family. Right. It, it, it wasn't right. about cool places. Right. Cool places are great. Um, most people listening right now are not going to throw all their kids in an RV and go around the country because, it, you know, logistically with their jobs or whatnot, it, it, it doesn't work. But... They can still say, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna do an atypical thing here. We're gonna radically focus on our family. Um, what are three things that you absolutely love about the past four years being that intentional? And what are three things that you see families around you doing that you say, hey, here's a really easy way to adapt this and live it out, not in an RV. Well, I don't know if I'll get to three and three, but I see the the direction you're going. Um, so when we left, uh, you're right, we didn't care. We started with Niagara, and then we went up into Canada. And the what that we saw, whether that was a religious site, a shrine, a really deeply important historical site like the Boston Tea Party, or what mountain we were climbing, or what hike, we really made our decisions on the basis of my wife's work. She was taking travel nurse contracts, and we would follow those around the country in short periods of time. So we planned our route and what we would see on the basis of something pragmatic. We didn't have some vision from on high about what we need to go do because the, the what didn't matter. It was the it was the how. And initially, the kids were like feeling, especially the older ones, because my oldest was 13 at the time, and they were rooted enough. We've got five kiddos, and, and the youngest was three. And so the older ones in particular were rooted enough to feel the pain of, what about my friends, you know? And uh, that detachment from everything, brick-and-mortar living, the parochial rhythms, I like to call them, even what we know of Catholic parish, you know, traditional life, uh, all of the expectations. What we, what we found early on is that we order our day on the basis of so many principles that have nothing to do with what with discerning what God actually wants for us, that it leaves little time for that. So early on, our kids were like struggling a little bit, a couple of them with that detachment. But our first camp out in um, Buffalo, our first extended camp out before D, we were about this at this point, about five weeks from D starting her first contract in New Hampshire. I remember distinctly looking through the smoke coming off of the campfire and the kids looked around and they said, this is what we're doing. There was a, there was a lake in the background and, and uh, the, the sun had set and the s'mores were put away and the fireflies were going and they said, this is what you've been talking about. This is really cool, mom and dad. So what began to happen is we set aside all that other stuff I just, you know, described, that the rhythms we're used to living by, to focus on relationships in the family. I, I love my friends. Like, I love you, Adam. You know, I love, I love uh, the relationships I'm blessed to have. But um, my family is, that's my vocation. And, and that's my number one. And 
this journey for me showed me my negligence, my lack of attention to their needs um, on a deeper level, and then gave me the opportunity to to meet those in new and creative ways. So there's a degree of intentionality. So you said we don't all hop in an RV or a boat or a plane or do these magnanimous things because they're just not possible with where we're at. But what we can do is be more intentional. So if you're going to do a camp out, make that the theme of the camp out. Like, okay, we're going to do this whatever number of days and where you stay and all that doesn't matter. But for this time, phones go off. We are not networking. We are not doing work. We are not talking to our – this – we're going to make a memory here. Gosh darn it, one way or another. <laughs> we yeah. are going to make a memory here. Uh, and that's – when you do that, when you have that kind of intentionality, that is beautiful. Sacred things happen there in that space. So the retreat thing, going back to the retreat, is almost like a launching point for some or just a continuation point for others mm-hmm. to say, you know, this is one weekend out of the year. Right. That you're going to radically focus on unplugging from the world and plugging into your family, but don't let it be the last weekend, you know. Right. Uh, and it doesn't have to be camping or going to a lodge. I mean, it could be getting an Airbnb and just saying, "Hey, we're we're leaving St. Louis behind. We live in St. Louis. Um, we're going to go somewhere else. We're turning our phones off. We're going to bring a bunch of board games with us because our kids love to play Uno and Sorry and all all the things kids love to play. They love to color. They love to read books. So we're just going to bring all those things that we can do together, and we're going to spend three days just with each other. You know, once a month, once every six weeks. Mm-hmm. Or it could be, I imagine, as simple, you know, like we we tell our kids because we've got five kids, and it's just a matter of practicality. It's like everybody gets to do one sport at a time. We're not we're not doing you get two and three because that's all we do is go to practice to practice to practice, be eaten out of the van instead of eating at a table, and uh, it's hard. The kids are like, oh, my friends do that. It's like, yeah, but we're not your friends, and this is more important. Our time together is more important then going to practice, to practice, to practice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So this could be that opportunity, you know, uh, one of many that families have been on or just, gosh, it's been two years since we've set time aside for us as a family. Let's go do this. That's exactly uh, what we're after. So one of the tools we uh, use when traveling, we called them dip days. Now, I don't know if you've ever driven down the highway, Adam, and you've hit like a spot in the highway that's it feels like you're gullying you know you're, mm-hmm. and, and you're like whoa i didn't see that coming that dip in the road there and it doesn't cause a safety issue it's just kind of shocking right yeah. um in family life we have that too we have days when you don't see it coming and it's moods or circumstances and all of a sudden you're in a dip and so when traveling what we we had a, a section of the it's a secret okay so don't 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 tell my kids this I had a, a section of the RV underneath the master king bed that flipped up and we had a section under there of games and the, the D and I picked out what they call dip day activities it's the stuff we're going to break out when things go wrong you know when we're having one of those days and it's raining and we're stuck in a 400 square foot home we can't go outside in our living room which is our front porch what are we how are we going to handle those days other than pull our hair out and yell at each other and so we went to our dip day activities and uh, it, it's a quick rescue it's a strategy it's proactive it's it's getting ahead you know stuff's going to go wrong so plan for that plan for that but that's something we can implement uh, whether you're living in an RV or not yeah I mean, just the other week, we <laughs> I, I felt like it was a string of, oh, this went wrong. Oh, that was not the plan. 
that was not the plan. But again, going back to what we talked about on the show, virtue isn't just about knowing what temperance is. Virtue isn't just about knowing. I mean, pick pick any virtue. It, it's about actually being virtuous. You know, it's one thing to know it; it's another thing to live it. And if you're not preparing for it, it's going to be a lot harder to actually be virtuous in the moment. You know, yeah. I'm, I think back to a couple of weeks ago. I had to have a, uh, I had to have an abscess drained. And those who know know it's not a comfortable procedure. Lidocaine Ooh, burns yeah. like there's nothing else. And then that weekend, you know, not even a day or two later, I'm still moving around as if I, I've been uh, hit by a cannonball. And then our our sink, our kitchen sink, we're taking the drain apart under the sink because it's backed up and there's water going everywhere. And it's like, this is not how I would have chosen to spend a period of recovery. And the kids are like, Dad, why are you laughing? I'm like, what else, what else am I going to do? I mean, yeah. this is just hysterical that this is how, you know, of all the stuff I thought I'd do to take it easy this weekend, now I'm laying down, not in my bed or on the couch, but under the sink. Yeah. Because my only other choice is to get mad and take it out on the kids. Some days... Uh it goes so bad that a dip day activity isn't going to cut it, you know. So I lost my brother just last week. My brother is uh, six years older than I am, and he died suddenly, and we just buried him. And I just turned to my kids, and there's no bag of tricks I'm pulling out And when you're suffering like that, right? And I just turned to them and said, you know, Dad's going to have days and times when he just cries for no reason, and it's, this is just going to be hard for me. And you would be amazed at the response that I, I got from them, the tenderness and the compassion, uh, just really powerful. But we've got to be able to say that when death, you know, this, this kind of thing happens, you know, that you're just, I'm broken and this is, this is going to be a rough spot for me. And I wasn't a jerk. I didn't, yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't break out into fits of yelling. I, and my kids were there for me. And that's the amazing thing about kids is when you raise them right and you teach them that family is family and family is the priority. And we're all here, you know, not for me, but for each of us. You know, we each have our role to play. You know, often I have to say to my oldest daughter, she's like, why do I have to do this? This isn't fair. Why? You know, and it's like because the little kids can't. And you're right. It isn't fair. But not everything's going to be fair. But we have to do this together as a family or it's not going to get done. So, you know, after I pull myself up off the the floor covered and whatever from the kitchen sink and get cleaned up, you know, as I'm limping around and I wince, my five-year-old runs up and is like, gives me this big hug, like, I'm sorry you hurt daddy. And it's, it's like, what else could she give me that is so innocent and pure? I mean, there, she couldn't give me Tylenol. That's not going to help the pain. She couldn't do right. anything else. But what she could do, she did. And, it, I, I mean, as hokey as it was, that poem when I was in kindergarten in the Christmas pageant, what can I give him? I give him my heart. You know, my 5-year-old just gave me her heart. Mm. Meantime, the 11-year-old's like, all right, I'll make dinner. Um, we're having salami, and I'll cut up a block <laughs> of cheese, and we either have saltine crackers or expired Triscuit crackers that won't kill you, but they're a little stale. And uh, that's dinner tonight, kids. And it's like, you know what? Praise God for kids. They're like, okay, yeah. cheese and crackers and, yep. <laughs> and salami. Ever. You yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. That's well, me. Yeah. Yeah. We, we are running out of time here, Greg. Um, what is your hope for the families that go? And this spark hits. I mean, and you and I have seen it over youth ministry careers and, and ministry careers. And spark hits, and if if it stays stoked and that fire really starts burning, what what's your hope for the families that walk away? It would be that they feel empowered. I've kind of said a little bit earlier. Some cool things would be: wow, that was a really good use of time. We laughed a lot. 
we look at that, we made a memory together shooting archery or going on a, a little hike. Um, I'll remember that. I want to go back next year. But bigger than that uh, is a confidence that the Holy Spirit is giving us as a family, the domestic church, the grace needed to do this Catholic thing, that I walk away going, wow, I can do this. I can do this, Lord. And that which used to discourage us in family life, the dips that come are now a sign of hope. They're manageable. That would be my hope. Well, Greg, I want to thank you for being with us and sticking around for the podcast today. Uh, Sadly, we are out of time, but I thought to wrap this up, let's just offer a prayer to St. Joseph. I mean, the patron of domestic life and, and, and such a beautiful model of family life for us. And uh, we'll have a link in the podcast to sign up for the retreat as well. What's the weekend again? One last time here. October 27th to the 29th with early Family Fun Day sign in on the 26th, that All Thursday. Right. EpiphanySTL.org is the, the place to mm-hmm. go to sign up. But let's pray in the name of the Father and of the Son mm-hmm. and of the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Remember, O most pure spouse of the Virgin Mary, St. Joseph, my beloved patron, that never has it been heard that anyone invoked thy patronage and sought thine aid without being comforted. Inspired by this confidence, I come to thee and fervently commend myself to thee. Despise not my petition, dear foster father of our Redeemer, but accept it graciously. Amen. Heavenly Father, we offer up all the families that are listening, all the families that will be inspired to go to this retreat or to do something, to dive deeper with intentionality into the vocation of their family. We entrust this and ask it in the name of your Son in union with the Holy Spirit, in the name of the Father and of the Son Son and of the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Roadmap to Heaven podcast. Don't forget to hit like and subscribe and share it with a friend. I'll never forget when I worked in a chocolate store and we had a case filled with chocolates and someone came in and said, well, I'll just take a dozen and it doesn't matter what they are. They're all chocolate to me. And as the employee in that chocolate store, I thought, no, they're not all just chocolate. There are differences between this one and that one and the one over there. And Patty, in a similar way, but with more important things than chocolate, you are reminding us that there are distinctions we need to know and that some things need explaining. So here on this Thursday, we stop for another daily dose of encouragement for an explanation. Today, I know parents sometimes face this question from their children or grandchildren, young adults, that'll say, I don't need to go to church. I don't need to go to Mass. God is everywhere. I can pray anywhere. I can worship anywhere. Again, I see this tendency in our world of trying to make all things the same. All things are equal. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Seems to be... Um, in our face a lot. And we need to be able to have explanations that acknowledge the truth of where there is similarity and sameness and dignity and oneness, but we must go deeper with nuance and distinction. So that's what we're doing this week. We're going a little bit deeper. So when someone says to you, well, God's everywhere. I can pray anywhere. It's all the same. I can worship anywhere. Okay. True enough. God is in nature. God is everywhere. He is with us. But he is in the human person dwelling within an immortal soul to a greater degree than he is in a stone. A rock is not the same as a human person. The glory of God is man fully alive, right? That's a beautiful, beautiful phrase. It's in the human person. So 
We can pray anywhere in nature, but when we gather as people and bodily worship together, it is a higher level. And he is physically present. Jesus is physically present in the Eucharist more than in the breeze, more than in the clouds, more than in a babbling brook. He is physically bodily present. So we need to make those distinctions that, yes, I know you can pray on a nature walk. Yes, I know you can look at the stars and be in awe of God. God, but even more so to look at the Eucharist and say, this is the body. This is God himself. There's a distinction there. It's a greater, higher order, higher level. And we need to be able to explain that. I don't know about you, friends, but I'd like to be on that higher level. And so I am grateful for today's explanation on the Daily Dose of Encouragement. We are quickly going to run out of time, so I have one last thought I want to share with you today on the show. Yesterday, after we wrapped up, we had The Art of Catholic with Matthew Leonard on, and one of our listeners and I were at dinner last night. We were at a big group dinner, but we were seated together at a dinner last night, and Beth and I were talking with this listener, and she said, you know, uh, Matthew Leonard's guest said something very important. When you're going into difficult situations, uh, you know, whether it's a meeting with someone else or a conversation with a kid, uh, pray through, you know, talk to their guardian angel. Talk to their guardian angel and ask their guardian angel to be with them, and then also ask yours to be with you. So some great advice for us. I just wanted to share today. Let's pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be world without end. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray for us. All of our own individual patron saints and guardian angels pray for us in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. Thanks for listening to Roadmap to Heaven today. Podcast listeners, stick around for some bonus content. Everyone else, don't forget to pray your rosary today.